Hello and welcome to the Popping Freeze. So we're doing a full uh, AB episode now. Yeah. yeah, the guy already retired. Uh, this is just a second retirement where he's uh, announced that he's done with all forms of cricket. So I'm assuming that also means the road safety series, which they play with all the legends. But you know, as cricket fans, we might still hope that AB dons uh, South African colors and that at least like you know get to see him play in some charity events but yeah ab de villiers is officially done with competitive cricket uh what a man what a player maybe not the best t20 international career but he was an absolute legend in franchise cricket um i don't think there's been a single team which hasn't seen at least one ab innings in their colors so i mean you keep talking about the greatness of ab de villiers but you know, uh, this episode's probably dedicated just for that. Um, I've got Ani and Anand here, and Ani has actually had the great fortune of watching one of AB's best innings in an RCB shirt. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll let Ani probably start off with you know what AB meant to the city of Bangalore because he's also from Bangalore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy basically carried us like for 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 years and years and years, right? The city, like. Every time people here said Isal Cup Namde, I hate that fucking uh, uh, curse. It's a it's a curse, right? Like you know. Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's it's so fucking cringe. But like you could almost believe that he would be the guy that that mm-hmm. took you took you there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had like some insane innings. Like he would just do things on the field. You know, you'd be shocked. Uh, I know, like. The 360 stuff, he didn't invent it, right? But I think he was the first guy to really, like, make that a part of his identity yeah. and also, like, do it really well. Because a lot of people do that. You know, Maxwell is also kind of a 360 dude, but, you know, he's not been nearly as consistent um, yeah. and, and whatnot. I guess Ashwin, in his own way, is a 360 dude. <laughs> but, but, yeah, AB just, you know, he he would, you know, take balls that are, like, wide Yorkers and hit them behind fine leg. And um, that innings that you're talking about, it's a game against the Sunrisers and it's Dale Stain bowling these like wide Yorkers and he's just like kind of just sweeping them uh, to the leg side boundary and like one of the balls that dropped. Like, Dale Stain from- too. It was peak Dale Stain too. Yeah, that was, that was, that was like Dale Stain in form. And he, would, he was bowling really well. Like uh, RCB was losing in that game and they just had, it was just like a formality really uh, at that point but then he just yeah. kind of absolutely demolished Stain in that one over one of the balls kind of fell pretty close like in front of me it was insane the the, the crowd went absolutely nuts and mm-hmm. uh, i think the other thing that made him made it special in bangalore is that i think the the bangalore ground was meant for him right like it it's yeah. a small ground it's a batting wicket it facilitates him um one of my other really favorite innings by him was actually like uh uh, remember the Chris Gale 150 plus like he, he had an insane game right against yes, Pune in Bangalore against Pune yeah yeah. yeah. that's the highest score in 2020 like they Bangalore yeah, scored like yeah. 200 and something and uh, the the thing that I remembered was like AB Devoliers came faced 9 balls hit 37 runs <laughs> yeah and kind of uh, like you know lesser talk uh, yeah lesser talk except for in my friends group because I had a bet Next day when we were talking about it, of how many runs AB exactly scored, 
and I bet on 37 and I, and I won quite a lot of money because people <laughs> bet that he scored 36 or 35. Oh. And I think I bet on how many balls he had that he faced entirely. It was something stupid like that. Uh, but that's why that, that was another one of the super memorable at the, innings. At the birth of uh, Nostradamus, Ali. <laughs> no, that was more like just good memory, right? Like I, I just remembered from the scoreline <laughs> and, and people were just adamant that I, I remembered wrong. So yeah. Uh, got some got some good money, but yeah, I think Amy Delilio was, was pretty perfect for Bangalore. I'm glad he went, moved out of Delhi pretty soon. Nobody remembers that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, even though he hit a hundred there, right? He hit a hundred against CSK too. I think that hundred. He was against CSK. Yeah. He hit a hundred. But um, yeah, I mean, a special player, really, really fun to watch live. I mean, it's it's a different it's, it's a different vibe watching him live, honestly. Because uh, you yeah. even get the big screen, you can see the technique that he's using, but then you also get the mm-hmm. Ball just flying in every single part of the stadium. It's 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 nuts. Yeah, I mean, and I think even last year, I mean, when the IPL was in India, um, I think AVD was one of the only batters who had a strike rate above one fifty. Next was Maxwell. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was just it was quite recent. He didn't play T Twenty at all the entire year, and he just comes on difficult wickets and he just starts whacking the ball all over the place. Yeah, I mean that a, is. No, I mean, I thought he'd be. In peak form, but unfortunately, I think maybe the UAE leg, maybe just uh, you know, uh, call the curtains, I guess, for his career. But yeah, probably, it's it was also like in the opener of the IPL in the the India leg. Uh, they were in a tough chase against uh, Mumbai. You know, Mumbai were kind of starting to you know do their thing. You know, put it put on the screws, and I think they needed about uh, four overs fifty or something, and AB just like carried them home from there. Like, you know, was, yeah. He always does it was in Mumbai, like one one batter who who manages to hit Bumrah or you know, it doesn't matter who's bowling on the other end, he, he always has an answer. So yeah. Um and I think when Ani also mentioned that, you know, this three sixty stuff, it it's not something that A B invented. I think like there were other I completely agree there were other batters who did it as well. Like I think one of the first guys who comes to my mind was uh Kevin Peterson, I mean, they, they're from the same era, but I think KP was a lot more uh, inventive towards the earlier part of his career, whereas De Villiers started to show that a little bit more after the 2011 or 2012 time period. Like, you know, that's when he really started to boom with his all-around-the-park all, all hitting. Uh, KP was doing that, but yeah, like, like Ani also mentioned, KP wasn't as consistent as a De Villiers. KP was a great white ball player, but De Villiers was just yeah. something else. So, but maybe KP was just better than Deolias in the international front. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, which is kind of strange. I mean, his T20 World Cup record is not exactly to die for. Which I mean, I I I don't think the reason is because South Africa are a bad T20 side. I think that is far from the case. I think Dumini played great innings for South yeah. Africa as well. So I, I always found it puzzling that he could never, you know, form the exact niche for him in the South African lineup because. They allowed him uh, in to play in all possible positions, mm-hmm. but yeah, he could never get the World Cup going. So I mean, I thought maybe him not playing this World Cup, even though he he has always been on the will he won't he uh, phase for the, since he retired. But I, I think I thought that wasn't the bad thing, especially because uh, mm-hmm. because South Africa already have a settled squad, and uh, exactly, then bring yeah. him in might make his batting even worse in the international. Yeah, in hindsight it sounds like a great great move because uh 
one year it might have disturbed an existing team balance, which most people did say was one of the reasons why Cricket South Africa and AB De Villiers decided against that. But the other reason would also be that, you know, psychologically it might have added more pressure. And, you know, after the slightly disappointing second leg of the IPL that he had, it might have been something that he might have not been looking forward to doing as, you know, having all hopes of... Uh, Cricket South Africa lying on his shoulders, especially when they were already copying a lot of uh, a lot of negative criticism because of their squad selections, like not picking senior members like Tahi, Faf, and uh, Morris. So, yeah, maybe it was a it was a good call not to not to come out of retirement. Speaking of which, it's it's weird that these like recent South African retirements have always gone through this like weird gray area where it's like. Are they playing international cricket? Are they not? Are they being rested? This is like with captaincy as well. There was like this period where it was like, okay, is AB retired or is he just no longer captain? Uh, This happened with Stain, with Amla. I guess it's happening with Faf now. I have no idea what what his status is in South Africa. Yeah. I think it's it's just really weird. It's a thing to do with these, what they call as freelancers in, in cricket, South African dynamics. Right? They're looking at all these guys who are supreme white ball talents. They're calling them as freelancers because they they prioritize playing freelance cricket over internationals. That's the narrative that's being floating around. But you know, when you obviously hear guys like Faf and Tahi talk, they were completely distraught and not being picked. Uh, yeah. You know, this. it seems like it's a matter of finding the right deals to get them to get their availability. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Players also didn't have unrealistic demands. I think Faf just wanted a little bit more than normal match fee, which I'm sure Cricket South Africa could have managed. But you know, I'm, I'm obviously not in a position to comment on that because I don't know about the complete dynamics. But I, I mean, it, it doesn't go too far to assume that they couldn't have managed it. Um, but it looks like that they're, they're trying to do better. At least they've realized that they need a pace bowling all rounder. And with Wayne Parnell sort of coming back and having a good that's another name. That's like, <laughs> where did that name come from again? Like, yeah, yeah, or because of Colpack deals, and I hope Palmer might, you know, um, get back into the squad as well because I think he's been doing very well in doing well, yeah. County. But you know, it's 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 a it's a mixed bag because honestly, Wayne Parnell, I think he's come back because they need a number seven batting all rounder. You know, you can't keep playing Kagiso Robara at number seven or number six. It's too high for him. Even though he's he's pretty decent with like you know hitting the ball, it's it's definitely not a position he can play, and especially with his bowling sort of becoming a bit questionable, he he needs a good rest from the game. So uh, they definitely need another option apart from Mulder Pretoria. So I guess Wayne Parnell really fits in that mix, uh, and so I guess they've managed to find a deal with him. He's been picked in the Netherlands uh, series, which is starting in three four days time. Like yeah, I guess it's starting on Friday. But when you come to the SAA versus India A series, a lot of the Colpac guys who came back, many were expecting the likes of Beddingham, Palmer, even Olivier to, you know, be part of the squad, try and, you know, start pushing them towards full-time test match selection once again. But it looks like that's not the case because none of those guys were picked. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. People are saying that Olivier might be in contention for the India series though, so... Maybe something that it's just really know. funny because it's like Graham Smith at age, what, 31, 32? 32. 
yeah, was I mean, like, yeah, I'm just done. I'm just done playing cricket. And <laughs> now you've got like ABD Williams and like these three, four year long sagas where like, what, yeah. what is, what is he even right now? Is I mean, like, yeah. I know he's going to show for RCB, but it's like, I, I have no idea in any given series whether ABD Williams will be there. I think that's going to be true for Faf. I mean, Carlos, like I think, years. was the only player who went, uh, I think, until uh, a good age, like 37, I think, or 36. I think um, the, and I don't remember Callis having this kind of like will he won't he type. He did, I guess that's because he was in an era before all these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe and um, yeah, Amla I think did go up to 35, 36. But yeah. you know, speaking of AB's retirement, I think I, I'm I'm still kind of gutted about it. Three years, though it's been three years, I think 2018, because I think he was in the form of his life against Australia and the test series. And if I'm Gonna be honest, I think he single-handedly won the series for them. Yeah, even uh, against, I mean, against Australia. I mean, he he was all over the attack, and that attack was quite good. They were in form. Smith was also in great form, and that's why I guess they might have been pushed uh, towards the sandpaper gate because they really didn't have any answer for AB. And when he was that that peak, you know, he was easily the best all-format batter. Then, no disrespect to Kohli, I'm sure all Indian fans who were listening to this will be out to get me, but. Um, AB was easily the best all-format cricketer then, and I, I, I to retire when you're at that peak, and, and I was at 34, I think uh, I, it felt really strange to me. Uh, but it's something which has been quite common for a lot of South African cricketers who, after reaching 30 plus, their futures become rather uncertain. I mean, stain you can say injuries, but barring them, I think Philander retired early. Um, you had the case of ABD, Graham Smith, which... Mone Markle. Yeah, yeah Mone Markle. Mm. I, I think that's something they might have to adjust because I think a lot of this has got to do with match. I mean, Amla still playing cricket for Sare and he actually did quite well this season. So, I think... yeah, it, it seems very strange that they're not able to retain a players beyond a particular age. And I think that's what's tied to Faf's um, own confusion as well because... I, I I would presume this is some sort of a payment issue because it's not viable beyond a point. I think that's what even Mone said when he's retiring that I've given it all and beyond a point, it's really not financially viable for me. Yeah. And I, I think so. I need to address that and understand quickly. said the same thing in around June, July. He said, you know, I hope people remember I gave my all for South Africa. After that, that was about a few months after he retired from tests. And then they never picked him for all of the series that they played over the summer. And then comes the World Cup news. Everyone thought, okay, maybe they're letting him, you know, play these franchise games because it's quite competitive. And some of them were even in the UAE. Uh, so, you know, it looked like they were letting Faf have his own sort of preparation. And he was concussed. So, maybe that also played into their sort of like, you know, management of Faf's injury. But then come day of picking the squad, he was not even mentioned in the reserves and then when it when you still had time to change your squads, seeing how he was setting it up in the IPL, no change. So, I guess, yeah, it's definitely come down to a match fee sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think AB towards the end of his career also dealt with like a couple of injuries, which is why it was like a little confusing to see, you know, wh- where he actually was. Um, but... Uh, I, I'm, I'm at least glad that in the last couple of seasons that uh, RCB have like made the playoffs, like he has like kind yeah. of taken them far because there was that like 
awful stretch where they would start really well and they'd just like choke away a playoff spot end of fifth and sixth by just like losing their last few games. And it's like, how are we not seeing A.B. De Villiers in the final four like consistently every single year, right? And that was always like a a, a sad thing. But uh, but yeah, like this, uh, the, the A.B. De Villiers thing, I think part of it was they kind of played him so much because he is he is truly an all format guy, right? Like he played yeah. every 2020 and test. Like he was equally invaluable in both of those those formats. I mean, not to mention he was a great ODI player as well. So I think they just kind of like played him like so much, so much, and uh, then it almost all of a sudden started becoming very start stop. To the point where I think, I think they uh, also entrusted wicket keeping duties onto him for about two three years, which I don't exactly. think helped his uh, to the back end of his. No, fun fact: his average as a wicket keeper in tests is higher. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's <laughs> staggering. I mean, I, I can't even believe that's the case. Yeah. There were yeah. there were games in the 2015 World Cup where he was keeping wickets and then he would bowl like two yeah. overs. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this, man? I I was actually sad that he started keeping wickets because I think he's one of the greatest um, fielders. Yeah. Uh, of Ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you when you think of great South African fielders, I think obviously you know John T. Rhodes is legendary, uh, and then like I guess Herschel Gibbs and then Gibbs, uh, AB, AB De Villiers. Leaders, yeah. Guys, just like yeah. One after but the other. Uh, ABD did not have any infamous drop like Gibbs's, but yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, he was truly a 360 degree cricketer, even in the fielding sense. I mean, yeah, um, he, yeah, he, he'd be all over the place. This. Yeah, and he, he'd get there, cover ground ridiculously quickly. I mean, and uh, I've seen even, there's even a runouts compilation of ABD on YouTube because that's how good he was. Because they were all improbable angles from where he would throw the. A ball and get them out. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, what he achieved on every front was staggering. He was a much better ODI player for South Africa than T20. I think you remember the fastest hundred where, I yeah. mean, Amla and Russo got um, the hun- uh, two hundreds after forty overs, and then De Villiers came in the fortieth over and it just took like ten overs to get to yeah uh, one forty four. He did that twice, once in the World Cup also. Yeah, which yeah, it's kind of sad that both him and Stain. We, you know, gave a tribute not so long ago. Couldn't get over the line in terms of World Cups because they were good World Cup uh, cricketers. It's just that during the semis, something happened. I don't know. No, this is the thing with having the World Cup as uh, once in a four years. And that's like the only tournament. That's like really the only major trophy that you can hang your hat on. And it's like you don't. Uh, and the only, I guess, annual tournament where you have a realistic chances at T20 tournament. So it's actually a big shame that, you know, we, that cricket itself doesn't have like a yearly one-day tournament or like an annual one-day tournament. They have, like, for, they had champions trophy, I think, but yeah. I mean, I mean, that was also once in four years, right? That's kind that of. That was like once the, in two years, up to a point. But then yeah. when D Villiers and Alsar came, it became yeah. once in four years. Once in four years. Yeah, so and it's like so these you know you don't get you know I I genuinely don't think you get enough opportunities and also it's like a two month tournament it's not like a a seasonal thing right that's true like, but I would say yeah. one days are less volatile than T20s I mean the best ODI side is almost yeah but only one only one team can win and they're realistically always like what three or four teams that are capable of winning 
in in, in a World Cup until right? 2007. So, and yeah, I mean then yeah, obviously that was Australia. <laughs> and 2011, um, India and Sri Lanka were definitely the best side. So I don't yeah. see that. I mean, in 2015, you could argue that it was a real but that, that, tight that, race. Yeah, but that Australian side was also like that was fire. The Indian side, I I still believe, believed in that Indian side quite a bit. So exactly. So 2015, yeah. I agree. But until maybe from you know like uh, 1990, uh, 1999 to 2011, it's no doubt in my mind that the best side won. The the thing like the thing I'm trying to get is like basically you know so so thing is like you know not winning a trophy or a championship right like so in the NBA it, or it makes sense like going trophyless is kind of a, a crime because you get so many shots at it you get a shot year after year uh, same within football right you have every single year you get to compete for yeah. the Premier League slash Champions League so it's it's actually really rare that a great player like an all time great player doesn't end up with a championship. Whereas in cricket, we have nothing like that, right? Like the IPL is a two-month tournament that doesn't even feature all of the cricketers, right? Like that, that we can. And it's 2020. It's, not, it's just one format. So I think the idea that I, I, I would not diminish AB's career or any great South African's career just on, just on the back fact that they weren't able to get over the line in the World Cup. Because I just think the World Cup is ultimately like a spectacle. Um I don't think it's really like a mark of against his legacy as a cricketer that um, he couldn't get over the line. I think that's quite true. Yeah, it's still sad though that both Stain and uh, AB retire without an IPL and a World Cup. Um, but yeah, you know, coming to AB's retirement, like you know, any any particular batters you look at as you know saying, oh yeah, this guy can be the next AB. You know, both. IPL wise, South Africa wise, like I guess like South Africa really thought Riley Russo would be that that man. Maybe he still has a shot with you know South African colors, but yeah, anyone you think for me, I, I think it might be Markham because with the way his career is exploding, yes. sort of has a similar. I, I thought like Faf was kind of like a good uh, successor sort of temperament wise, and that sort of. He kind of took the mantles of leadership. I know they're more peers than anything. They, like he's not that much younger. Or, yeah. Yeah. Actually, he's not that much younger. Like he's he's almost the same age. Same age. But like I thought, like the way he kind of took over the mantle of leadership, like I thought that was like a perfect transition. In terms of batting style, it's really really hard to like replicate that. I still, I mean, I, I guess Maxwell at his peak is still probably like sort of the best practitioner mm-hmm. of the things that. I would argue um, it would be like Butler rather than Maxwell because I think Butler at least in the Butler, 360 degree front is, yeah. is a lot better and he's definitely far more consistent than Maxwell. I mean, once yeah. he's promoted up the order, his average and strike rate is staggering. But I still think he can't match Lel or Devilliers because Devilliers is the only guy who, who's at number five, has that unbelievable strike rate, has an average of 35 plus in T20s. And is able to accelerate in nearly every phase of the game. And I think even Butler couldn't do that. Butler can't do that. He's at the top of the order because mm. he knows that he can score best at that position. I mean, there's no no one can do what ABD did because I, I think at number five, achieving so much is uh, beyond unbelievable, I would say, because yeah, none of the none of the T20 greats, Gale, Butler, Maxwell, um, and arguably or unarguably, depending on who, well, it's about Kohli. None of them could 
achieve what abt did with at such a high average and at such a high strike rate and kevlo accelerating at every um, portion of the game i think there's no replacement uh, in my mind no one can come and i don't think them. i've seen a player that moves around the crease to the extent that he does and like gets away with it I, I mean Steven Smith in like a completely different type of way, but like yeah, he 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 he's a guy that the three sixty also came with like a lot of lateral movement around the crease, right? Like uh, the fact that he would move so far on the off, and even if it hit his pad, it would probably be impact. He like it would impact outside off type of done. Like that's how much he moved. He would obviously come down the track a lot. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I, it's really hard to like replicate that. And yeah, I actually wanted to bring this point up is that I think AB is one of the true unicorns in cricket history. In in that, like, I think we are probably not likely to see a player like him or with his style of batting and all round ability in batting and that sort of versatility, yeah, uh, that kind of movement, like to replicate that with the consistency that he did and and the fact that. on top of that he was also like a solid test batsman like his fundamentals were super strong that he could play test cricket he wasn't you know so that level of versatility i think he's a true unicorn like we he, there wasn't really a player like him there were a few precursors and there's a few guys that kind of emulate what he does now kind of like in in spurts but uh, yeah he's a true unicorn i don't think we'll ever see another player like him in yeah. in, in the sport that's true i mean it's like other than devilliers the only other unicorn who i can think of is richards because at that time really no one accelerated that much as him and that mm. high a striker so it's just with an ab i i i really can't think of anyone else who can and of obviously don because i mean who can argue against that average but yeah it's it's just those three in terms of bad yeah. and no, i mean I, obviously I, whoever invented like the dusra or whatever you know like those guys so like, they, ah. you shouldn't discount the number of you know trolls online there was there was a twitter post right questioning don bradman because you know prob he apparently said no no let's not let's not go there <laughs> i mean no, that there. england side was actually pretty good I mean, man face body line and shit yeah <laughs> that is absolute nonsense that england side was had a lot of great players yeah exactly like he yeah so he uh, yeah don don bradman obviously you know corn uh quite a few dudes i would like put like a tweener unicorn label on on ajanta mendes because i think he really started the mystery spinner oh yeah shit yeah um, there's said ajmal but he, yeah he he has been replicated i think mendes uh, yeah those those two guys they've been replicated so that's why they're more like tweener tweener unicorns than like true true unicorns that we've never really the, the kind of player that's just once in a in a lifetime uh, yeah. type john But, um you know like uh coming to rcb because like you know with the auction and everything coming up with ab now sort of saying okay thank you for everything i'm i'm done you guys should probably look past me plan plan ahead um i guess it's become easier for them they can keep maxwell without fretting on you know missing out on one of their indian talents next try indian talent that they may have wanted to keep uh but you know if given kings 11 i mean punjab kings or rajasthan royals both of them may not retain makram and livingston do you think that's the, that's the player those are the two players that rcb would look to target for that number 5 spot now so just one caveat um like when they're retaining four players like kohli maxwell mm-hmm. uh, they themselves take quite a significant amount of the money they can yeah. spend so 
Um, I would imagine that both these players would be valued in excess of 10 crores. Yeah. So I, I would think that they cannot go for the big marquee buy, um, but they would have to, you know, get some kind of piecemeal buys, which has been their problem all these years. Like they've had two big players and then the surrounding core uh, wasn't as strong. Now it looks a little better, but um, because of Kohli's and um, Maxwell's high value, and if they retain someone like um, Chahel uh, or, uh, yeah. or even um, you know the Deborah Particle for that matter, they might, or to, they might look to get back Tim David. I think he might still come on the cheap, given yeah he's not really still proven himself in front of. Yeah, so uh, I would imagine they have quite less to spend on, and they have to spend this quite wisely. They have to. Really construct like the way CSK constructed their squad if they want to do a lot better this time because mm. um, yeah they I, you when you retain these four guys which I'm sure they're going to do you you are willingly cutting your yeah, purse you and the amount you can so spend so yeah so yeah. they have to be very very smart with their buys and I, I don't think Livingston would or Markram for that matter would be in their team. I, I don't want them to go to RCB because RCB has a tendency to ruin good overseas players and, and just waste waste everybody's time. I think RCB should do what they did in uh, the very first reset auction and that is only keep Virat Kohli. And maybe like a, a cool, like sneaky good ret- retention would be like Hasranga or something. But like I think they should just stick to Virat Kohli and then rebuild entirely. Mm. Uh, with a full purse, so they can bid high on a on a few guys. They like I think KKR has done this a few times, where they've kind of, um, you know, they've kept like one guy. They've bid super high on like four dudes, and then somehow they've been able to consistently find like young Indian players that are able to step up and fill those gaps that they have. Um, in, in their in their roster. So I think I think RCB should do that. I think they should just retain Virat Kohli, keep him as the captain and you know just go hog wild from there. You got the entire captain. He said he doesn't want to be captain anymore. Uh, okay, fine. I mean uh, like sort of a let him be like the key sort of dressing room yeah. leader or dressing room presence that is still there from like the, the early days. So face of the franchise if not the captain. Yeah. Um yeah. Mm. But yeah. yeah, I think they should they should start completely fresh. I don't think I, they, they don't even need like a one to one AB replacement. Like if they can retool the squad just completely mm-hmm. differently, then yeah, I'm I'm good with that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think all the retentions are going to be announced with the end of uh, this month. So it'll be cool to see what. I think Hassan will do a pretty good job. Yeah, he's, he's the director of cricket and I think Sanjay Bang has been roped in as a full-time coach now. So, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting uh, few weeks, I guess, before the tensions come out. And I think the auction slated for the first week of January. So, a lot to look forward to. Uh, a lot that you'd hear from us in Season 2. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's the end of Season 1. It's been a fun ride so far. I hope yeah, you- it's fitting that we ended with um, a tribute to AB because in some senses it is an end of an era. So, yeah, you know, that marks the end of our season as well. Yeah, yeah. It, I think the universe just worked that out for us. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Um, see you guys in season two. We've got a lot in with, store. Yeah, a lot more test cricket, I guess. And the Actually, current Sri Lanka West Indies series is also going. 
mm. on which looks uh, i don't know maybe rain might um, pull off a draw for west indies but yeah that looks interesting and a lot more like wtc matches coming up i guess we uh, might look into the india new zealand and indian uh, and england australia series so yeah yeah so. the final frontier as it's been labeled for india's overseas uh, escapades but yeah a lot to look forward to but yeah until then this is uh, alan signing off yeah, this is anis signing off and this is anand signing off too yep see you guys see in you next time too.